Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. You know, there's nothing more <clears throat> heartbreaking, horrifying, gut-wrenching than to see the organization or the company that you created, that you founded, that you started, wrestled out of your hands by a board of directors or by the public or by the people that supported you in getting it launched. And yet, it happens on a pretty, re pretty regular basis. It happens generally to leaders who have not guarded themselves by both being aware and surrounding themselves with a good board of directors, both in their life personally and in their organization. That's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm J. Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast, and I have friends, more than one, who have created organizations from the ground up, built them out of their own minds, their own imagination, poured in their 60, 70, 80, 90 hour weeks working to build an organization. Maybe it's a small plumbing company or electrical or construction company. Maybe it's nothing but negotiating contracts for military bids or uh, hub types of businesses. Maybe it's a nonprofit. But in all of those instances where the founder has built an organization from the ground up, the biggest challenge they have is identifying the fact that at some point, they're not all that in a bag of chips. See, there's a, there's a real issue when you can look back and say, <clears throat> that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't done it. And that, nope, no chance in the world we would have made that accomplishment if not for me. And even if you have five or six co-founders who help you put the whole plan together and people who put in money and, and help you get it off the ground and you have to rely on some advisors and some consultants and some outside investors, you still feel like it wouldn't be here if it weren't for me. I did this. There's actually a, a promotion company or production company that makes TV and film and the last couple of seconds of their outro that shows the picture of their little production company. It's a pretty large production company now, but the little dog comes across the screen and you hear the words, I did this. And that kind of I did this attitude, that belief that this world would not exist without me. <clears throat> I had the idea. I had the audacity to bring the idea forward. I put in all the effort. I made sure this happened. I did it. I did this. That kind of almost narcissism is a guaranteed lead balloon for the success of your business, for the success of your organization, dare I say, for the success of your dream. John Maxwell says all the time, if your dream isn't big enough to require more than you to do it, then your dream isn't big enough. A dream you can do all on your own is too small <clears throat> because it doesn't really challenge you to your greatest potential. It doesn't push you to be better than you are today. Now, that's where the conundrum, the double-edged sword comes in. If the vision that you have can be done by you alone, you won't seek any help. 
But the minute it gets to the place that you can't do it on your own anymore and you begin to bring in outside help, that outside help runs the risk of realizing you don't know everything you thought you knew. Because we don't know what we don't know. And that space where we don't know what we don't know requires that we become more aware of the things that we're not currently aware of. That requires other people. That requires outside knowledge. That requires a deep conviction, but also the humility to say, I don't know. I need help. I need advice. And it's in that moment that as the leader, as the founder, as the creator of whatever it is, you've got to be willing to admit, I couldn't have finished this project on my own. No, where, where I started versus where I am, that is not all my work. I did a lot of it. It was my idea. I put my blood, sweat, and tears in it. I broke my back to pull it off. But I couldn't have gotten to this point alone. I've been listening to a guy by the name of Brandon Dawson lately talking about businesses. Uh, as he talks about businesses, he said, you know, there, uh, of the 4,000 plus businesses that we've studied, we found what we call some breakpoints. And these breakpoints are kind of the transition between an income level of, say, zero to 100,000, 100,000 to 3 million, 3 million to 5 million, 5 to 10, 10 to 15, 15 and up, or 15 to 25, 25 to 100, and then 100 to 150 or more million. And even in that kind of breakdown, it's clear. To take your business from zero to 100,000, most entrepreneurs can do that on their own with a small team, a family organization. But once you get over 100,000 and you start moving toward the million mark, that 100K to 3 million mark, that's going to require more people on your team than you currently have. If you're pushing the bottom of that 100K on a regular basis and you want to push it to 3 million, you're going to need more people. And when you get to the 3 million and you want to push to the 5, 10, 15, or 20 million, you're going to have to have new tools in place, new technologies in place, new people in place, new processes in place. And without them, everything you're doing comes to a screeching halt, falls apart. Other people leave. The smart people on your team are not looking for a new opportunity. The most productive people on your team are looking for more money. And along the way, one other strange little phenomenon happens, and that is that as solopreneurs become entrepreneurs. They go from a company of five or six family members to a hundred employees. There's a break point in there as well where the psychology of the founder has to say, I'm not in this alone. And that double-edged sword looks like, not only do I not carry the ball all by myself, hold all the responsibility all by myself, possess the depth of knowledge and wisdom all by myself, but I also don't get to benefit all by myself. See, the companies that tend to fall apart are the ones who have made the investment in people and in process and in money. They've made the investment in a better marketing scheme and a better database and a better management system. They brought in the people to fill the gaps of their own weaknesses and talent loss. And as they do that, they create an opportunity for incentive for these other people. The challenge is the founder who's suffering with founder syndrome that I did this all on my own. I don't need anybody else's help. I got this. That almost toddler-like mentality. 
if you've ever tried to put shoes on a toddler, as they're learning to put their shoes on, especially if you're teaching them to tie their shoes, they will spend 20 minutes proving to you that they know how to tie their shoes. Nobody cares that you could have done it in 20 seconds. They want the independence to prove they could have done it on their own. And that kind of mentality in the mind of a founder who says, I don't need all this outside help. I don't need all these other people on my team. I need to prove that I can do this myself, regardless of the number of mistakes that I make, regardless of the amount of time that I waste, regardless the number of resources that are squandered, as long as the ego of the founder is petted. See, that same thing goes one step further, though. Those who realize I could have helped you with that, done it faster, done it better, done it more productively, done it with more profit, also realize that somewhere along the way, what they're being incentivized to do doesn't reflect their highest capabilities. They might also realize that what they're being incentivized to do is a pittance in comparison to what you're paying yourself. If your business has gone from 100K to 3 million and you're the only one who got a pay raise, you might have a founder syndrome problem. If you've gone from 3 million to 5 million and stayed there for 15 years, you might have a founder syndrome problem. It might be time to release the reins a little bit, delegate a little more responsibility, and also delegate some of the profit sharing, some of the incentivization of why people want to stay with you. Give them a reason to stay. You've worked hard enough to gain good people. Keep them. Now that they're on your team, get the best you can out of them and give them the best in return. If you're a leader who's got that toddler mentality that I'd rather take 20 minutes to do it on my own than to pay somebody else to help me get it done in 20 seconds, you're on the verge of collapse and you don't even know it yet. As a leader, you need to be able to step back in humility and awareness and go, I don't have it all figured out on my own. I am going to need some help, and I'm going to faithfully reward those who help me because I can't do this by myself. And if you're a founder and you haven't realized that yet, polish up your resume. (laughs) Your demise might be sooner than you think. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. Hi, my name is Christina Knowles, and I just got done taking Jay Lauren's Story Power Masterclass. It was amazing. I took away so much information. Um, One of the things that I really enjoyed being formally trained in media many, many years ago is the call to action. I will use that with every speaking engagement, and I'm so grateful that Lauren just um, spoke truth into his teachings, and he is a true professional. And I know this might sound weird, but I've been taking certifications in different classes over the years, and Lauren is not boring. I can't even believe I got here at nine, and then the class went by so fast that I was like, it's time to go already? And I was shocked that it was time to go already. So it's an awesome class. You're going to enjoy it, I promise. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time.